0: Well, good morning, and peace be with you. Um, Today, we celebrate, of course, the gospel, the good news. But we also are here because of the selfless sacrifice made in the past and in the present and in the future by our selfless servants of the armed forces our military members and we remember the veterans the families the spouses and the children of these warriors that have secured the freedom for now for us to have the ability to worship in a place like this with freedom and uh, maybe some annoyances if you will but Those rights are protected that I'm sure you saw the people out front that are filming for whatever reason. And so um, I thank you, Uh, veterans here, spouses of veterans, children of veterans. Thank you very much. Um, Great gratitude uh, for you and for what you've done. So thank you. Thank you very much to our veterans here. So, without further ado, um, we're going to bring a professional in to do the announcements. And uh, Gerald, take it away.
1: Good morning. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting talking about the veterans and what they've done for us, and uh, it, what they've done even allows those people to stand out there and take our pictures. So. It's good for us, it's good for everybody. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, things like that we just got to put up with. Uh, the announcements are all in the bulletin. Uh, <clears throat> the birthdays are all there. Uh, we have Roger and Debbie. Tomorrow is their big day, anniversary. I didn't ask which, which anniversary it is. <laughs> All right, all right. Um, one thing we talk about a lot is, is volunteer work. Um, as you know, our congregation is not a very big one, and uh, so a lot of the work gets dumped onto a few people. And one thing we could really use some help on, I think, if we could, is, is in the refreshments after in our fellowship hour, if we can get some, some more people to make one Sunday every month or every other month or something like that, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, and, uh, and, and then all of the other aspects that go on in the church, there's always need for help. So if you can, jump in. Uh, <clears throat> one, one birthday I want to bring out that uh, is not here, a lot of you people probably know him. His name is John Bauer. He's over at King of Glory, 92 years yesterday. He's born on Veterans Day. And so I always try to remember John. He's a good friend of mine. And other than that, the rest, everything is pretty much in here. Read the bulletin, have a good time, and uh, and enjoy the service. Thank you.
0: Our opening hymn is "Immortal, Invisible" on page 526. <laughs> by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins, and as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority. I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. You you. let us pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, send forth your Son to lead home His bride, the church, that with all the company of the redeemed we may finally enter into His eternal wedding feast through the same Jesus Christ our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen you may be seated
2: good morning the first reading is taken from the book of amos chapter 5 verses 18 through 24 and can be found on page 1426 in the pew bible uh, amos is a prophet that writes this reading in about 755 bc he's concerned about the people of israel who are sinning against god and what that act will bring amos 5:18 through 24 woe to you who long for the day of the lord why do you long for the day of the lord that day will be darkness not light it will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him will not the lord will not the day of the lord be darkness not light pitch dark without a ray of brightness i hate I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring a choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. We'll read Psalm 70 responsibly. It's printed in your bulletin on page 6. This is a Psalm of David's urgent call for help. Psalm 70. Hasten, O God, to save me. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May those who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. But may all who seek you rejoice, glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. The next reading is taken from the first book of Thessalonians, chapter four, verses 13 through 18, and can be found on page 1840 in the Pew Bible. Paul supported the new church in Thessalonica by writing letters of encouragement. In this passage, Paul tells them of the coming of the Lord. First Thessalonians 4:13 through 18. Brothers and sisters. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: gospel according to St. Matthew from the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel does indeed come from St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page 1540 of your pew Bible. Matthew records, at the time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and... But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day, or the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Today is the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, with the last Sunday in the church year coming soon. And typically as we progress towards the last weeks of the year, the message is a message Of coming judgment. However, that is not where the gospel for this week takes us. It takes us not to the judgment, but to the wait for the judgment, or at least for the coming of the end. The message is not specifically about the division of the sheep and the goats, for example. That is the gospel for the last Sunday in the church year. That message, that message will be about the judgment promised. But today, our theme is and so we wait. The gospel is not This gospel is not, strictly speaking, a parable. It is an extended analogy. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to, is the way Jesus introduced the story. But like a parable, not every detail is significant. Not every detail is significant nor is everything about the kingdom of heaven like the story. Actually, Jesus is comparing something very specific. He is comparing the weight. The weight. Jesus is the bridegroom. We get that. He is comparing the weight for the parousia, which is the Coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, to a familiar social custom of his day in Israel, and that entire that well, there was a wait—the wait for the wedding party, and especially for the bridegroom to arrive and the wedding festivities to begin. We speak of the kingdom of heaven as the wedding feast of the Son of God to his bride, the church. So you can see the the connection here. Our wait, then, is likened to the wait of the virgins for the, the bridegroom to arrive at the wedding. They just didn't know when he was coming, but they needed to be ready. The similarity is not in the numbers waiting or in the inequality of the wise versus the foolish. There were five of each, right? Or the relationship of the virgins to the ceremonies of that time. Those are all details he puts in, but that isn't what this is about. The likeness to the kingdom is the weight is the wait. We are, after all, the bride. We are not merely onlookers or those invited to share the celebration and then the return home. The wedding is ours, and the eternity of joy belongs to us by grace. The similarity is not to be found in the oil for the lamps, even though we often talk about our witness to the Lord as being our light, or we may sing about this little gospel light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. The truth is, we bring nothing to the party. Jesus brings us, and he provides all that we need. He provides faith, hope, the Holy Spirit, salvation, and whatever else is part of our wedding feast. So again, the similarity is the weight. It's the weight. Oh, I'm going to give you a chance to respond again. Like the coming of the bridegroom in the story, the return of our Lord to bring this age to its conclusion is delayed, and it's longer than anyone could have expected. We can be glad. We can be glad for that too. So if it had come when it was first expected, we would not have been born. And we would not have any part in the everlasting life Jesus has prepared for those whom he has called to himself. And now that we are part of the story, we sometimes become impatient with the wait. You've heard me say, check please. I'm done. And while that is easy to understand, we have to remember how good it is that the patience of the Lord waited for us and understand that he has others to whom he delays the end, that they too might find their place in his grace. And so we wait. But the wait must be borne. Just as the virgins in the story began to fall asleep as they waited, we sometimes, well, we lose our focus, don't we? The world around us is very real and very inviting. Some might even say demanding. And many people lose their focus on things like money and pleasure or pain, sorrow, or success, or failure, opportunity, or whatnot, all of these things are beckoning. The world says you got to get busy living or get busy dying. You don't want to be so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. I have said, and rather have had that saying thrown at me more than once, it becomes all too easy to say to ourselves that since Jesus has not returned in over 2,000 years, there's no real reason to expect him tomorrow. I can feather my bed right here and now and get ready for death and heaven later. Now, the problem with that, well, the problem with that is that that is unbelief. Jesus said he is coming, and he's coming on a day and at an hour when you don't expect him. Jesus may not come this week, and he may not end the world this week. He may just come for you and end your participation in it. And of course, he could come, and he could end the whole shooting match tomorrow if he wanted to, You just never know until he comes. And the point of the comparison here, the point of the comparison is that you need to be ready for the wait. And the foolish virgins in the gospel lesson were foolish because they did not prepare for the possibility of the wait being longer than they expected. They failed to prepare for the wait. And when the bridegroom came, they found themselves coming up short. The oil for their lamps, as we read, was their preparation. But our preparation isn't oil. Our preparation is to focus on the word. Our preparation is our faithfulness. Our preparation is a stubborn insistence that the doctrine that you come and have proclaimed to you be a pure and, and, and practiced of reinforcement of the faith and it must not undermine what we believe. The proclamation must not treat the Word of God as some silly, archaic, meant something then, but it's different now because the world's different now kind of thing. The Word of God is not meaningless nostalgia. It is truth. And in another place, Jesus told the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Do you remember that one? He, he told that to teach that we should always keep praying and never lose heart. And at the conclusion, Jesus promised that God would surely bring justice for his people. And then he ended the lesson with the words, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Our preparation for the wait must be steadfastness and clinging to faith, never surrendering hope, never losing sight of the promises of God, and continuing to live in the light of love and grace of our Lord. When Jesus returns, or when he calls you out of this life to himself in eternity, there will be no more opportunity to set things right, or to get your head straight, or to get right with God, or any of those other euphemisms that people employ to avoid talking about the reality of life and death and the hereafter. And just as the foolish virgins missed the party because they were out buying oil for their lamps at the wrong time. The people who come to the end of life here or to judgment at the end time without faith will find that there just isn't a second chance. They will hear the same sad statement the foolish ones heard at the door of the wedding feast when they arrived too late Those words are agonizing to hear and to say, I'm sure for the Father who loves us. Truly I say to you, I do not know you. The message of our gospel lesson is clear. And Jesus said it quite directly. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. We are to be ready... For the delay and be ready for the call to come immediately because you just never know until that call comes and then it is too late to make preparations all of this is magnified by the gospel truth that God would have all men to be saved and that salvation is the gift of God there is no earning or deserving, just the free gift of grace. You know, you've heard it and you've said it yourself, Jesus died for our redemption, and God announces the free gift of forgiveness and life in the proclamation of the gospel wherever faithful preachers proclaim his word. The task of those who wait is simply to hold fast to the good news and to trust in God to be who he says he is and to do all that he has promised to do. Like the virgins in the story, all there is to do is wait in faith, hoping and looking forward, and trusting in God. We may be tempted to forget. Some people, they quit going to church. And if you ask them, well, that's an uncomfortable question, but if you ask them, they will generally tell you that they still believe. Most times they don't because Christians are drawn by the Holy Spirit to worship and to fellowship at the church. They think they believe because they are not aware of any change in how they think or feel. But faith is not merely a feeling. Faith involves thought but it is not just a set of attitudes. Now people may not notice any difference in themselves because, well, perhaps they never did actually believe, but for the most, for most, it is the result of a slow dissipation of faith, slowly being compromised, slowly taking on the attitudes of the people around you. And instead of being the salt of the earth, They become that flavorless stuff that Jesus once said is worth being cast out and being tread underfoot. Remember remember that faith is the work of the Holy Spirit within you by means of word and sacrament. And if you forget the word and ignore the sacrament, the Spirit will eventually depart. And with him, faith. The foolish virgins were not evil. They weren't. They were just foolish. They simply made no preparations for the possibility that the wait may be longer than they expected. And their lamps slowly but inevitably burned through the fuel that they had in them. And the foolish ones had brought none extra, just in case. And the virgins did not dump the fuel out or leave their lamps behind. They simply were not prepared for the wait. Christians who do not pay attention to their faith, who do not deliberately seek to keep their faith in line with the Scriptures, and do not regulate their values with God's Word, end up being slowly conformed to the values and the doctrines of the unbelieving world in which they live, and of which most of their friends and their family often are. This is what Paul roams, what Paul warns about in Romans 12, verse two. He says, "And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed." by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, 2,000 years after the death and resurrection of Christ, we cannot be surprised that the wait may be long. The larger challenge is to continue to maintain some sense of expectation. The time is long. The hour is late. We are, as Paul once wrote, nearer now to the last day than when we first believed. And as we draw nearer to the last Sunday in the church year, the message is twofold. Jesus is coming again and we need to be alert and focused so that we can be ready when the call comes forth. That call that says, Behold the bridegroom. Come. Come out to meet him. And we want to be found aware and awake and still prepared. And so we We wait. In the name of Jesus, I wait with you. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith. Together, in the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please forgive me, I left my prayer down here. And there goes my mic. better. Get thee behind me, Satan. All right. Let us pray. For the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people in according to their needs. Lord, you are our help and deliverer. We bring to you the prayers and petitions of your people that you may grant us all things needful and guard us against all things harmful. Lord, in your mercy, O Lord, preserve your people from believing that you are pleased with us because of our works or our ceremonies. Grant that what we do in worship and prayer may proclaim salvation in Christ Jesus alone. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you bestow favor and honor and withhold nothing from those who walk uprightly. Bless parents and those who teach children your ways. The generations to come would love your promises, would walk in your truth, and dwell in your house. Lord, in your mercy, righteous God, you despise corruption and command justice, embolden our rulers and all in authority to enact and defend measures that preserve peace and provide justice for all. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, show mercy to those who cry aloud as they await your Son's coming in glory. We lift up those that are on our hearts in need and those out loud right now for you. Heavenly Father, answer them with strength, and healing, and comfort, and hope. Make them confident in Christ, who will raise his people on the last day. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your Son will descend from heaven with a cry of command. Raise those who have fallen asleep, and deliver us to your kingdom of glory. Until that day, strengthen us by his body and blood. And prepare for us his coming in glory. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, grant that we may not grieve as those who have no hope, but rejoice and encourage each other in the promise of the resurrection to life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. God of our salvation, we know neither the day nor the hour of Christ's return. But we know that he has died and is risen again to open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. And until that day, preserve us in faith and guard us from temptation. Do not let us be caught unprepared for his coming. Let us live our days in loving service and joyful expectation of the life of the world to come. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God. for all people for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me for we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection and his glorious coming again let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name So, we wait. But our Father didn't make it such that we wait by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. We have each other in the body of the church, the bride of Christ. And we have reassurance through the sacrament and from the word that you just heard. All of these things help us to wait the worthy weight, And I'm sure glad I'm waiting with you. You make that weight bearable. This meal is the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We believe that he is present in and on, above and below, and side by side the elements. And if your confession is that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all, then come. You're invited to the table. It has been prepared. The uh, ushers will bring you forward. Come. The table is prepared. Amen. And so we, I mean, really, who loves, who likes to wait? Isn't it just like the Heavenly Father to say, I know, we'll make him wait. But he's worth the wait. And we were worth everything that he gave, to, according to him, to bring us with him. So that's a comfort and a joy. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have a delightful display or of food, and so we'd love to have you stay and eat. And if you have to leave early and you see our friends filming, wave with your whole hand. God bless you.